Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. We're recording live at Drivers Club, brought to you by our friends at Haggerty, Avance, Carter Subaru, and Rainier Beer. How are you, Dan? Good, man. I can't look at you in the eye right now. <laughs> um, you guys missed so, a great conversation yeah, about I, plastic I, surgery earlier. I, I, I wish there was a way that we could find a way to release the things that are said before and during podcasts, but not most of it is, is street legal. Not if we so, want sponsors. No, I know. I get that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing rude, but it's just extremely funny. So, <laughs> how's, yeah. how's it going, man? I almost died last night. It was so hot. Yeah. I tried to keep you cool all day. I appreciate that. Thank you. I yeah. really did. We played in the lake all day. It was fantastic. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I loved being at your neighbor's house on that slip mat, but uh, there are parts of me that are sore today from like falling. Like, <laughs> I was playing out there with, <laughs> with our good friend Tiffany, and like, and you'd go to stand up, and then all of a sudden you'd fall down on your face, and like, like your arm would go behind yep. you, and it's like, uh, or or if you tried to slide and you hit a dry spot and you stop yep. right away. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, too. <laughs> Ashley messaged me. I think she broke her toe. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Running into the dock? Yeah. <laughs> well, so f- that was the slowest crash I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Ashley, if you know, uh, our previous, they worked with us, Ashley and Jared were out there. And not only was Ashley out on a paddleboard, but she was, for the first time ever, and she, we, we kind of see her go in our, our peripheral vision. She's heading towards the dock really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, hey, you can turn. You can turn. She goes, I don't, I don't know how to turn. <laughs> Just bumps into the dock and falls over. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, we got a master. They have a new corgi puppy. It was the cutest thing ever. It also rides Beast. the paddleboard. Beast. Yeah, was, I, yeah, she did a good job. She looked totally like an animal trainer. She had like Man. the, 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 the little pouch. so smart. And, yeah. If she could get Jared to do all those tricks, it'd be perfect. I mean, I'm just, I'm telling you. That'd probably work on me if you had food on your hip, though, and just kept feeding me when I behaved correctly. Isn't that how Shauna found you? I think so. Oh, okay, good. I was just saying so. So, I mean, so speaking of all this heat, so, you know, when I initially bought my Subaru, I had the front windows tinted. Yeah. And I got the, what is it, like the ceramic, it was a ceramic tint installed. And I didn't tint the rear of the car. I don't know why. It's it's we'll call it a lack of communication or something, but um, the factory tint on there and the, on the back is it's just it doesn't do anything. Yeah, and that car just holds in heat. Yeah, it just holds <laughs> in heat. Well, but I'm saying it, it lets the, all the heat through and then it kind of and then it lets it out. But yeah, so I started to kind of like complain. I mean, the super air conditioning is good, but it <laughs> it takes a long time. I don't have an auto button, by the way. No, you don't. You don't have that option. No, I know. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. So that, I'm trying to tie it back into a previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to act like I'm not reading this off my notes here because I, I need to write all this. So I, you know, it's, it's me. Carry they, on. They're, they're, they know me. So I went over to, to Metropolitan and I was talking to John. And, you know, John knows so much about everything as far as yeah. cars. It's, it's a little confusing at times. And so, like, I told him, I was like, this is my problem and this is what's going on. He's like, okay. He's like, we have a new product. And he's talked to me about it. And it's like, I think it's called Steak. Uh, next series and basically um, it's it's not only like a nano ceramic film which which I didn't understand that either but it has and I've got to make sure I say this word graphene in it okay yeah. I don't know what that is but so <laughs> I, I did a little bit of research I did it it, it it not only conducts unlimited amounts of thermal heat but also dissipates it so like when my car was sitting outside your house yesterday like when I got in there it was like it was a tenth of what it used to be like it's so it works so well. It's such a huge, huge thing. But um, I want to give a shout out to John at Metropolitan uh, for for telling me about this. And 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 actually, he went back in and retinted the car for me, which was really nice of him. And um, it's I love the product. I'm absolutely in love with it. Like I said, I didn't know it was we were going to be testing it so soon with the heat, but it it has changed the inside of my car. And it's I mean, 
But uh, and it, and I we, again, Metropolitan's not a sponsor of the show, but um, I highly recommend that if you, if you've never heard of this product, to look it up and go t- and go talk to them because it's it really helped. All right, Metropolitan so, Detail. So, yeah. Well, we've had John on the show before. He knows his stuff. So yeah. And, yeah. But like yeah. I said, I, I you know I asked him. I'm like, hey, this is what's happening, and he went off like and he's so knowledgeable. I'm like, yeah. okay, like dumb it down for me here a little bit. Like this is like, <laughs> flashcards. <laughs> and then when I'm done, I'm like, hey, I'm going to talk about this. Um, can you give me some highlights, <laughs> like just so that I know what to say because I don't remember all of this. <laughs> so yeah, and I lose brochures. Let's be honest. All right. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Metropolitan Thanks. always does good work. And I'm, yeah. yeah, John always stands behind our product. I was uh, looking at your car. We've been talking trucks lately. We spent some time on Wyoming, so that's all there is is trucks. And yeah. I was looking at lift kits, and we've done some lifting on your car. Yes. And I've lifted every vehicle I've had that, uh, every off road vehicle I've had. Let's put it that way. And uh, I want to just quickly go over the two basic types of lifts and the rule of thumb. Is so this our Carter Super Tip of the Week? This is our Carter Super Tip oh, of the Week. Oh, we should probably say that. Yeah, that's a good, okay, good call, yeah, Nick. There we Thank go. you. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> Welcome to our Carter Super Tip, tip of the Day. <laughs> Ta-da! Or the week. Yeah, or the week, too. <laughs> yeah. So the general rule of thumb we're lifting anything is lift as much as necessary but as little as possible. And the reason they say that is as you lift trucks or anything, you raise the center. just cent- on cars or? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, continue. Yeah. When it comes to lifting vehicles, though, you don't want to raise the center of gravity any more than you have to. And because you, when you raise the center of gravity, you obviously add a ton of things come into play. A ton of variables happen. One, you increase a lot of drag on your vehicle. You increase the rollover chances. You in- actually increase your braking distance. All sorts of stuff comes into play when you lift a vehicle. But it has its place, of course, especially when we're off-roading we're doing. Even in the Subaru, it changes the where you can go and it can change the day from just starting to ending many hours later with yes. just a little bit of a lift. Agreed. So it's a really great thing to do. But there's two there's two main types. Uh, there's body body lifts and suspension lifts. And the body lift is exactly like it sounds. You're raising the body up off the frame. Now if you have a unibody vehicle, that wouldn't be the case. You wouldn't have a body lift. But um Basically, on a body lift, because you're lifting the body off of the frame, the engine, the transmission, all the running gear stays low. That's where the center of gravity is. So in most of the time, everybody gets a lot of laughs out of a body lift because it's kind of like you're just lifting the body off the frame. But if you just want to add a couple inches and you want to add just a slightly bigger tire, like one to two inches, this does have its place. It's good in the sand. It's good in the snow, things like that, where you don't need a lot of like suspension articulation. You're not going for hardcore off-roading. This is fine. You shouldn't mock everybody who's got a body lift. I've got an eight-inch body lift. I'm going to laugh at you and say thanks. But just a small body lift goes a long way. I laugh at body lifts because... They uh, look terrible. Well, they look terrible. It's the fact that, like, <laughs> I was talking to a guy many years ago, and he's, he had a jacked-up Dodge truck. He's like, yeah, I lifted the body. And he's like, I get so much more clearance now. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, because all <laughs> the like, running gear is still I was like, low. your running gear is exactly the same height. Like, your pumpkin's still dragging on the ground. No, you're not. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. If you ma- if you match it with tires, though, like yeah. you go from a 31 to a 33, you are adding that two inches of, of actual, well, inch and a half, really, about uh, of clearance. It's not that much, but it's still worth it for, like I said, snow and sand is really where you're going to see that. It does have its advantages. But a suspension lift obviously is a suspension lift. You're adding more suspension t- to the tra- uh, more suspension travel to the vehicle, so more articulation, uh, often better ride, um, especially when you go with. You get what you pay for, though. Let's put it that way. A cheap suspension lift is cheap. It won't last. They wear out. Like I've made this mistake. So I'm speaking from experience over the years of being like, this is all I can afford. Just don't do it. <laughs> like you, you don't cheap on a suspension lift. Well, there are consequences, especially yep, like exactly. I'm going to use the Subaru as an example. Like when we raised the Subaru and when we just recently finished, actually, we, we did a we did a part body lift in the back because we dropped the rear, the rear suspension subframe. subframe down because it realigned all the axles and everything like that, because yep. that was our problem. We were twisting a little bit and same with the front. 
And Subarus have this too, is people will raise them up, they'll put big springs on them and, and, and the, the, the spring perch caps. The axles aren't long enough and you'll be blown, they blow axles yep. left and right. This is a really common problem on Toyotas actually. Anything with uh, CV joints, um, those axles under high articulation with a body lift will pull right out. You'll see this a lot on Land Cruisers, Tacomas, things like that. So Citroens driving in reverse. Right, that okay, too. Yeah, That's that a too. fun yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah. So when in doubt, you typically want a suspension lift. Almost everybody, when they say they want a lift, you really need to be looking at suspension lifts. A small body lift is typically what you associate with a mall crawler or something like that. And you don't, sh- you don't cheap on a lift. There's just no way around it. You're changing a lot of suspension geometry. And typically what you're paying for in those lifts, when I say you're not paying enough, is companies who have thought about all that suspension geometry ahead of time. And they're saying, no, we don't offer a one and a half over a one and a half inch spacer because you'll pull the axles out during a tight turn <laughs> on just a normal driving situation. So, yeah. I mean, truthfully, the, the, the best thing you can do if you want to bring a vehicle up in height is get bigger tires. But make sure that you have clearance for those tires. Because, and then <laughs> that's how it starts. It, yep. I always laugh because it starts at the bottom. People go, oh, I got bigger tires. But then they rub. So I had to do a body lift. And then I did a suspension lift so that everything would work and, and yeah. be back into. Then yeah. my clutch started wearing prematurely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then my bushing no. started wearing prematurely. Yeah. 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 So think about that too. So anyway, that's the kind of the basic overview of lifts that I want to talk about. Body lift versus suspension lift. Um, if you need resources on that, please let us know. We know some great people for off-road suspension. So yeah. I can definitely point you in the right direction there. Not of the show, but I'm happy to point you in the right direction for whatever vehicle you drive. I guarantee you, I know an expert on it. Thanks to our friends Brandon, Ben Powell, Pinscower, like the connections we've made on the show, we definitely can help out with the off-road stuff. I, and I've got a lot of connections in the Subaru world now. Exactly, right. Amazon yeah. Design and Fab down in Portland. Yeah, yeah. So excellent. So, should we introduce our guest for the day? Fine. He's so needy. <laughs> So it's if funny. you guys haven't noticed, uh, we did a bit of a rebranding. We didn't just change our logo. A lot of Rain City Supercars has changed entirely. Um, you've probably seen the logo change, first of all. But we have a lot of big stuff in the works from that. And a big part of that, uh, the main part of that, is working with Jeremy Salvo from Salvo Designs. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. His accent sounds so much better on here. I know. So if we don't know, we, we, Dan and I talked about it. We've actually were in Wyoming with you for yeah. the last week. but And that's the first time your accent's actually sounded. Like, I, I sound it now. But, okay. Yes. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And again. thank you yeah. for taking time on vacation to help us, by the way. It, yes. It, it turned into an, uh, a makeshift uh, little, like, session. We sat down at the table, and we were all, like, joking. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, we can change this now. And, you know, did you know this was happening? And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah, we had an audience for it, too, because... It's a good yeah, people session. around. Yeah, yeah. Session, it was yeah. good. Yeah. It was very productive, though. It's amazing what you can get done in a short period of time. Yeah, and you just put your head down, like we're going to settle this right now. We're going to figure <laughs> this out right now, and we did. And it was great. He confuses me. We all know that, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But Jay, I want to know how you kind of got to this. Like you, you became this person. You know that. Uh, you know where'd you come from? What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, what yeah. are your dreams, your ambitions, things? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, if it's not obvious by now, I'm from Long Island, New York. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say Tennessee, yeah. but that's, Scottish. Scottish. Yeah, yeah. that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very Scottish. <laughs> yeah. So, so it starts back there, and I've been obsessed with logos for as long as I can remember. I think the first one that got me was that airbrushed chrome 1980s World Wrestling Federation. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Back when it was the WWF. Yes. yes. That's right. Back before the pandas <laughs> stole it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I consider myself a child of the 80s, and so a lot of 80s design 
has stuck with me. And I was a little kid and I couldn't figure out what it was about that logo. What it really was, I figured out later, it was the story that had been built around it. It was all of the things that they did that made that logo so iconic. And from there, thrash metal logos, baseball yes. logos. My dad had a 74 Firebird for a while. And yeah, yeah, the bird on the hood? Didn't, unfortunately. Um, they come without the bird on the hood? It had, his had the split grill with the Firebird in the middle. Yeah. And then on the back also. But my dad, whenever we went out driving and he saw the car that we were driving or a car that he liked or had been talking about before, he would always point it out without fail. And so... That's a good way to learn. Yeah, It yeah. really is. Like and visually it, learning, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I really grew to love the Firebird mark. That's probably the first car logo that really got me. And especially when you see the giant Firebird, Firebird logo on the hood, taking up yeah. the whole hood. And smoking the so Bandit, I, I mean, yeah, made it famous. Exactly, but it was yeah. such a cool thing to see on the car. I love that. When we had this conversation in Wyoming, too, and I refer back to it here, so much of your w- world is brought to us by WWF. Because we, we got into a huge conversation <laughs> about wrestling figures. And what were they? What were the, 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 I was almost said WWF. They're not dolls. They were like the. the wrestling buddies. The wrestling yeah, buddies. Wrestling oh, buddies. Yeah, wrestling buddies. That was the yeah. coolest thing. Yeah. So it's, it's good to know that your life has, has followed the same arc as mine. Right. It's like, yep, Hulk Hogan made me this the way I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it started yeah. out with a lot of 80s pop culture. And for a long time was about figuring out what it was, chasing down what it was that drew me to logos. And there's the logo itself and everything that goes into creating it. And then the story that's created around it, which is a big aspect of branding. So I got really into branding along with visual identity and visual design in general. And then I went to college for four years and went to design school and did that whole thing. And yeah, really, it's been a a lifelong thing for me. That has been with me for as long as I can remember. So I, I, this is a question I, I want to ask you. Being somebody that is an artistic mind and, and like that, did going to design school make you a better artist or did it help you open that, that, that kind of math pathway? No. Okay, there we go. Okay, yes. <laughs> funny, yeah. funny, funny story. Um, before gradients were really popular and logos like they are now and have been for probably the last 10 years, my design professors used to tell me never, ever, ever put a gradient in a logo. Don't do it. It is one of the cardinal sins. Define a gradient. gradient so a gradient sure. is where one color transitions into another color, like, to bring it around full circle, that airbrushed chrome from 1980s WWF logo yeah, that absolutely. goes from gray to brown to white to blue to white. It's a good so thing you don't so remember forth. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't remember it at all. So <laughs> I remember sitting in class even now, it's just like, man, they're saying that, but that logo is so sweet. <laughs> it works. It <laughs> so yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, and then car logos of the 80s and, and the hood ornament, that was the central touch point. That was the center of the brand identity back then, and it was all about chrome. So there are a lot of parallels there. You know, you had uh, you had come to Exotics, I think, was it like last year, and we were looking at some of the photos you had on vacation, and, and it was some things that I, Dan and I spent a lot of years at Exotics, but you captured something there that I never saw. You went around and took pictures of the logos, and it's things that just passed me by. Like, and you, you had close-up, and I, I had never looked at the logos until you really brought them to our attention, which was kind of cool. So thank you for bringing that to me. You know, I'm, Dan always wants to teach me new things. Yeah, it, it is, though. Cause I love that perspective of people. Like, um, one of my favorite things to ask people um, is, what's the favorite part of their car? I got that from 
Peter. Yeah. Somebody was talking about that. He was saying, what's the, you know, that's his favorite question to ask. And I've been asking that since because it's like, I don't look at cars the same way anymore since he said that. Because I love talking to people about that. And I love talking to you about that. When you look at a logo and tell me why you like it, you give me the same kind of response. You give me that, like, I've never looked at this the way you do. And I love getting that new perspective I've never had before. So thank God for people like you. Um, I want to take a quick break, um, but I want to come back and I want to geek out a little bit more about logo design and rebranding in general, but really like just walking through our new design. It's just a fun topic. The more you've talked about it with other people around, the more interest I've heard in it. And it's, it's fun. Like the way I see our logo now, I never looked at a logo like that before. So let's talk about that more when we get back. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about Savo um, at your company because it's not just logo designs that you do. You kind of... You're, you're, you're rebranding everything, correct? Kind of give me a little highlight of what, of what you do. Yeah, on a high level, I work with startups, small businesses, and ventures like yeah. Rain City Supercars <laughs> yeah. uh, to sort out their visual communication. That's, That's volunteer work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the simplest way to say it is, is sorting out visual communication for startups. That can include a number of different things, though. It could be branding. It could be logo design. Logo design is like, yeah, we're going to talk colors, shapes, and icons and stuff like that and type. Um, it's product design. We really? have a okay. product or a service. It could be digital. It could be physical. It could be packaging design. It could be a number of different things. And then naming. Another passion of mine is naming things, whether that's products, whether it's companies. And there are some similarities to logo design, and then there are some ways in which naming is completely counterintuitive and different from logo design. And then that is founded on brand principles and the strategy of branding. You have to have a game plan before you just go and design a logo or a whole identity system for basically anything that you could communicate visually, written or verbal. You need a strategy. You need a blueprint. So that's where branding comes in. And I do a lot of branding too. And that's where it started for us. Yeah. So, um, and Dan, I'm going to have Dan kind of tell the story because he kind of led the idea and the fact that if, if the, the followers of Rain City Supercars know that one, it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. Two, when we came up with a logo, I don't even know how we, I mean, we oh, went with the typical Seattle company. No, no, no. <laughs> I, so I knew uh, a girl named Holly, she did, she did design for us for free just for, I, Sent out, I was like, who do I know that's a graphic designer? I had like a list of like two people and I put it out there and she said, yeah, I'll give you something real quick just to, you know, something that suits the area and the name. And I mean, it was fine, but it was like, you know, we didn't have a planning session. It was totally a charity thing. And so she said, here you go. This will work. And we, we looked it over between the two of us. She gave us a bunch of examples and we're like, yeah, we kind of like the Seattle skyline. And uh, we had that round logo too. Yeah, we yeah. have an old school kind of round yeah. logo that we didn't really use. Um, and we liked it. It worked really well for us for a while. But it wasn't um, like if you look at the sticker on the back of my car or any of the stickers we put out on other people's cars, you look at it and it, it, even from, from a short distance, it's hard to distinguish it. 
like if you're up close, it does really represent the brand well, but it's also like it's not a statement piece. You can tell it's a, a quick logo. And if you washed your car, the um, logo came off a lot. <laughs> logo came off. The mitt would grab it. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so we needed something more kind of um, more all encompassing because Rain City Supercars was. I mean, originally we were going to do like a YouTube thing, and then it turned into a podcast, and now we're like doing rallies, and we're doing consulting, and we're doing. You know, we want to do our clothing line. We want to do new stickers. We want our stuff to pop and be a, a simple design that people can identify from a distance. And it's it's bold, and but there's so much more to it. Uh, this we is did, where we Jeremy should take we, over. We didn't know what we needed. No, we yeah, did not exactly. know what we needed. And yeah. so I just, you know, meeting Jeremy through friends of friends, he was like, he's like, oh yeah, I know what you need. And I was like, thank God a professional's here. Cause he's I family sure now, so yeah, yeah. it's better. So, yeah, so yeah. T- yeah, walk us through it because that's your specialty. Yeah, it starts with the branding piece. Uh, before we even put pen to paper and branding simply put is it's the way that you differentiate yourself from everybody else. And if you have a podcast and you have rallies and you have consultancy and you have all of these different things, you have to have a handle of how you're going to do that both under the umbrella of rain city supercars and then on a venture by venture basis, right. To put it that way. So it was Quickly recognizing that and then just keeping it real. Rain City Supercars, it's a pretty long name. Yeah. It's, it refers to a specific geographical place. And when we're talking about rallies, they could be anywhere. Right. And podcasts, I mean, obviously we're yeah. not Seattle-based anymore, really. I mean, we're, it, we record, but that's it. Yeah. So when you have Rain City Supercars spelled out in written, visual, or spoken communication... And then you add something onto that, it could become a bit much. So RCS, and I know RCS has been an acronym that's been kicking around, but that creates a way to add on RCS podcast, RCS rallies, so on and so forth. And so there was some name strategy going on there. You have the brand. You are clear about what this is about. It's a car show about people. That's what you have to say about yourself. And your reputation seems to be well aligned with that. And so then it was just, yeah, I see you smiling. Nick is not so sure. Okay. Another conversation. <laughs> Nick, we have lots Nick, of conversation. Nick, sometimes Nick doesn't know where he is. But <laughs> no, and I think you, you had t- t- touched on something there. I don't think that Dan and I knew that we knew we needed a logo. And the, one, the first thing you taught us was, yes, you need, a, you need, you need a, a, a principal king logo, but then you need logos and you need a representation for all the things you do, which is something we, I never thought of. We kind of went from a logo to a brand. Yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the technical term is actual, it's, it's visual identity system. Okay. So there you go. So there's that. Um, so yeah. So so once once we're all visually, I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, nah, but but you know everybody's pretty clear about what the branding was, what the message is, what you guys stand for, and so then we are now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you give me a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. After that, we talk about naming, and we say, "Hey, RCS, you can tack anything onto that," and then to the visual design piece of it, the actual logo design piece of it, where we go from strategy and branding to logo design. Look at the number of different ways you can represent that, right? When there's no context, you're going to want to show people Rain City Supercars. That's the full name. And that's a conversation starter. When there is context, 
you can just say RCS podcast well, and that ca- R- and yeah. that causes a conversation like exactly. you had told us yeah yeah so so with logo families and identity systems context is really important if there is no context you may choose to use one mark if there is context you may choose to use a different mark and then we get into formats is it digital is it physical is it large scale is it small scale so on and so forth well, I mean, I, one of the first meetings, and, and Dan and I very much work this way where we go. We have an idea, and then one of us kind of gets assigned the task, and, and, and we do it. And Dan kind of was taking this over, and he called me, and he said, we've we got to have a meeting, and we're going to go to Jay's house, and we're going to sit down. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, I, I had understood the RCS part of it, and I knew what we were, where, where we were kind of going. And I thought, okay, I want a, a red and a white logo. That'll be simple. He can just grab a font. We're good. <laughs> And I sat down at the table, and you were very kind, by the way, because most people looked at me and like, look, you idiot. Like, this is how this goes. I was like, yeah, Dan and I want a red logo. And you pulled out this book, and you're like, okay, which one of these 93 reds would you like to use? And I'm like, um. And then he goes, and he goes but now we can start talking about fonts. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> it's like incredible the amount. But I will say that as much as I joke about it, the learning process that you put me through and, and, and the ease of it and making me understand it is something that I really appreciate because um, we, as we were talking about in Wyoming, we were talking about, and you're going to have to help me on this, our, the font that we use in our logo is... Dharma Gothic. Dharma Gothic. Oh, Dharma Gothic. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> Dharma Gothic bold condensed. But we got, yeah. it, we, got, we got into the whole history of that font and where it came from and how cool it was and things like that. Right, which, and it's a very popular font, but it's, yeah... Well, yeah, I think we were actually talking about DIN. I'm sorry, DIN. That's which what, that's is the what, accompanying font. Yeah, we okay. use Dharma Gothic Bold for the RCS monogram and for the logo, but it's not really an all-purpose font as that, so we need to pair it with something because you couldn't read that typeface for a paragraph or for a page. Um, so we have to pick a typeface to pair with that. And It was DIN. DIN, DIN, yeah. And, and, and basically, DIN is the font that is used on German signs. And well, also signs all over Europe, basically, yeah. right? Mainly German, but... In Germany, for sure. I don't know about the rest of Europe, but signs in general in Germany are all beautifully designed. And yeah, they're very Definitely clear, signs. very yeah. easy to read. And so it's like, it wasn't just like some random font we thought no. looked cool. It was like, yeah. It, it was also used on German license plates for a long time, too. I just wanted to go with New Roman Times. I mean, that seems like the easiest one <laughs> in the click-down menu on, uh, on Word. <laughs> or Arial. Or what else? Oh, no, 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 no. Never Arial. There is a time and place for Times New Roman. There's never a time and place See for Arial. See, we just learned something right there. Just well, right there. Yeah, and even the, even that, though, was like we wanted to do something automotive-related, and you were talking about, well, they use the sign on German street signs. I was like, well, that's really cool. So that, at least that's that's a tie back. And then even the stripe at the top of our logo was sort of inspired by, like, a muscle car connection there because we're just we're kind of all over the place um, with, with what kind of cars we like, I mean. Agreed. And so it's like we wanted to, like, everything about the brand, I mean, even the red, like I said, I wanted a red, and so what kind of reds do you like? Because, like Nick said, there's, like, God knows how many types of red. It's yeah. like, you know. I don't know. I said I wanted red. I didn't realize the. Then I was like, all right, well, there's like Ferrari red. There's Guards red. There's the Snap-on Tools red. There's Milwaukee Fuel red. There's like all these different Diet Coke, Coca-Cola red. And it was like, all right, well, what kind of puts all of that into perspective? And so we, we kind of went around like, what what's the closest to all those? And then you don't look, you look at red as red until you've got them all in front of you side by side, kind of like picking colors for a room. You know, there's every different type of shade. I was like, oh, which one is the most like 
automotive connecting red I could find. And that's what we went with. And it was a, it was a conversation that I'd never thought about. It was like, I want it red. Like, you yeah. Said, <laughs> like, no, I said it's got to be deeper than just red, <laughs> you know, which is kind of cool. We started by looking at the Porsche reds, yeah. signal red and all their different variations. And I kind of used that as a point of departure and then quickly descended into the infamous Pantone book where you can see thousands and thousands of swatches and, it was a little too much for Nick, but we worked it out. So I just was okay. looking for the one that said red underneath it, and there is not one that said red. So, you know. There actually is. Well, you didn't show it to me. No, no. Well, it's funny because, like, just even looking at that, though, like, the reds I consider so red. When you put them out, it's like, actually, that looks really orange now that I'm looking at it. So it was like. Yeah, you've ruined red for me. Thanks. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> not sorry, not sorry. Exactly. I'm going to make him a shirt with. In writing, in the back, it'll be an aerial. Yeah, <laughs> just get the, just Jeremy's shirt though. Nobody thanks else's. For, thanks from Rain City nobody else, Nobody else's shirt except Jeremy's. Why is he ticking? I, I quit. That's why I quit. Yeah, exactly. I'm done. <laughs> and we found the line. Yeah, but anyway, uh, it's a good conversation. I mean, it's kind of long-winded in the sense of it. I know our listeners love that kind of stuff, and so what goes into branding and everything like that is. Just way more than we ever imagined. And it was really cool to do the process with you. And it was like, wow, I know nothing about branding is what I learned at all. Not even a little bit. Well, I mean, it was like like when we were in Wyoming and the problem we didn't even know we had and the fact that we had the new logo and we had posted it up. But he noticed that in, in on, di- on different devices, it looked different. Yeah, you so could I see board, that. Yeah. iTunes I mean, is still kicking me on that. Imagine but Only that. iTunes. You Everything else iTunes. is fine. Yeah. Thanks, Apple. I'm sure it's not... <laughs> Yeah, I probably didn't design it on an Apple, so it knows it and it hates me. Okay. <laughs> this isn't from an Apple address. God. Anyway, <laughs> I'm digressing. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of a slow release, too, with everything that's been going yeah. on. It's coming out in dribs and drabs. There's a lot more that has not come out yet. Yeah, I can't wait to get the rest of it out there. So, listeners, a lot more on the way. Um, I want to talk to you more about your other creative side as well, because as we do our car show about people, uh, you're not just a visual guy, which I think if you look at branding, they see visual, but uh, you're a drummer too, a big drummer. You freaking been all over drumming. It's not just some little side thing you do in somebody's garage. Like you're, that's yeah, yeah. That's my other passion. Yeah, I've been a drummer my whole life too. Logo design and drums have been the two things that have stuck with me my whole life. And yeah, I was pulling out the pots and pans and spoons when I was a little kid. And really it started there. And my dad worked for a music company and brought home a practice pad. Actually first, my uncle tried to get me to be a guitar player. Oh. And he bought me a three quarter scale Eddie Van Halen, Frankenstein, you know, the red and the yellow with yeah, the stripes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I decided Very to Hulk use. Hogan. Yeah. Real American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I decided I would rather use that as a ladder at, two or three years old. So, you know, he was not too happy about that. But as soon as my dad brought home a practice pad, it was drums and it's been drums from then on out. And yeah, I I actually play metal. So I'm a metal drummer and it's fast and it's technical and it's loud and it's not everybody's, everybody's thing, but that's what I love to do. And I love the challenge of it. And uh, yeah, I play in a band called Zoth spelled X O T H here in Seattle. Uh, Sci-fi themed, Dark fantasy. Yeah. I don't even know what... what yeah. What, huh? That's a pretty... Yeah. Common, that's, I wouldn't say common, but that's not... It's it's not uh, unheard of in metal, especially, to have that. I mean, the lighter side, you've got the Coheed and Cambria, which is like the whole comic book genre, which is nothing like metal. It's not metal uh, compared to real metal. Let's put it that way. 
I'm just gonna step out of this but conversation. I'm just saying, like, yeah. saying stupid. Hold on. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying the more mainstream side of that. They're like that's that's not an uncommon theme in metal bands, it's, and it's, it's all sorts of types of metal, which is I think the creative side of the more intriguing side of it. I should say, like you don't even have to like listen to the metal to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's trying to create something that you can sit back and listen to, and not think about. But if you really want to, and you're a musician, you can intellectualize it. Yeah. And you can think about it. And so that's the goal with this band is to do that, is to create something that folks who are musicians and really want to break it down can. And if they just want to sit back and Zone hear out. something cool, then yeah. they can do it too, yeah. You guys do all original music, correct? It's all original. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Not a cover band. <laughs> yeah. I think I made that mistake. I'm like, well, what, are you, what are you guys playing? He's like, all original. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Such a serious individual. <laughs> So I mean, are you are you self-taught when it comes to drums, or have you have you been professionally trained, or just pots and pans, you know, all clad <laughs> kind of thing? Pretty, pretty yeah. drums by all clad. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I took lessons for eh, maybe like two or three years when I was a young young kid. I was like seven, eight, or nine years old, and I was like, all right, all right. Every all parent loves it when their kid takes up drums. I mean, but thank you, mom and dad. Yeah. They they always let me bang on the drums in the garage and never gave me any flack about it they let me listen to some things that <laughs> were pretty objectionable <laughs> and i want to say that that helped foster my creativity so we'll go with well, there that you go. and i thank you and i acknowledge you for that mom and dad thank you i love you <laughs> you have a great tape collection though yeah you were going through your tapes i keep day. everything man i keep everything especially cassettes i used to tape the radio constantly because as a kid, without any money to buy records, yeah, you have to build your collection somehow. And so I, so I still have like radio recordings from twenty, thirty years ago. You remember when you were a kid and you would get if if you were lucky, you had a boombox that had two tape recorders. Yep. And you would yep. sit by the radio and wait for him to play that song and just to get hit the record button. Like, yep. It's the only way you could get it all the time. Yeah. 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 And that was a big part of my childhood. And then, yeah, I was a cassette kid. I had the carrying case. And I kept at least two two cassette players with me at any given time because they were so unreliable. <laughs> Extra batteries. Yeah, I was pretty serious about it. And, and I, I still have a decent tape collection. And I don't know that it's where it once was. but Yeah, you tend to yeah. dive in deep with anything you focus on, though. Yeah, I don't dabble. No, <laughs> exactly that. Dabble. You don't, I don't dabble. dabble. I, I, I really get in there. <laughs> have you, have you, is it just tapes or like vinyl, things of that nature? Or is it just the tape? That you love the sound of. It's, uh, it's, it's, I can't say it's vinyl. Okay. I have a good friend who is really into vinyl, and that's, you know, something that you dedicate a room to if you're really into vinyl. Yeah. I'm not on that level. I have some vinyl. <laughs> it's pretty paltry as, as well, far as collections are. But yeah, yeah. You love sound, is my, is my yeah. point, like I said. And, and we've had multiple conversations where you've been listening to things and you give us your opinion. It's something I've never, a, a viewpoint I've never seen. And like I recently, and I'm not going to say I've gotten back into vinyl and the fact that I, because I love like the classic Fleetwood Mac stuff and things like that, because I like the way it sounds. But, and there are certain people that sit there and they go, oh no, I'd rather, I'd rather hear it on a remastered CD or I'd rather hear it on a cassette tape because of their, you know, the certain pops and things like that. And so I didn't know to your ear what sounds best as a recording device. (laughs) Don't screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to totally flip it. Yeah. And. I just want the album cover in a large format. There you go. I was going to ask you. That's what it is. I was going to ask you exactly that. That was was the one bummer about 
about being a cassette collector uh, is that it's the smallest format. I yeah. didn't want CDs because they would always get scratched. But yeah, having the vinyl with the full 12 inch and then and then whatever's inside, you know, if it's double gate fold and it folds out, yep. you can have some pretty big format artwork that didn't exist for quite a while and really doesn't exist now. So it's either that or a poster. I was going to ask you what if there's any uh, music you've loved and you've or you found you loved because you fell for the album art. Oh man, like the Smurfs movie or like uh, <laughs> like, like like every thrash metal album that I've ever loved. Um, yeah, I mean that's what that's what a lot of it was back in the day was people would buy there was really nowhere to preview it so you just kind of had to go off of what the album cover looked like and maybe what the photograph of the band looked like on the back (laughs) if there is one and oh all right you know i'm gonna i'm gonna spend a large percentage of my uh allowance my paper route yeah yeah, my allowance uh as a kid and just hope for the best and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but that's you know that's been the catalyst for many many people finding a lot of great music so for your artistic eye and you can tell me that this can't be answered what is the ultimate album cover from a marketing standpoint and and things like that when you look at something you go this was done totally right because, I mean, I look at all the crap that I bought with CDs, like especially being a country music fan, the fact that Garth Brooks released like nine different sets of stuff, and it would come with a different book, and I'd go out and buy it. It was the same CD that I bought the t- time before, but it would come with a poster of him that never hung up on the wall because it was creased. So, <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's like, you know, you look at some of the album covers, especially with vinyl, and it, it, the design is incredible. And, and coming from your mind, what's the, what's the ultimate album cover? First thing that came to mind is Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. I was just going to say that. Okay. Just yeah. going to say that. Yeah, because for me as a musician, it's, again, something that you can really go way down the rabbit hole and intellectualize and become immersed in, or you can just sit back and listen to it and enjoy it as ear candy. And I think the visual style of that album really supports that as the music does too and it all works together really well but that's a very that's it's a simplistic cover right that's the the prism correct okay yep checking okay yeah i'm just making sure you know it's like yeah i say born in the usa bruce springsteen even if you're not a fan it's like the most one of those iconic covers yeah yeah exactly and then uh what's the uh, nirvana's never mind like stuff like that even if you don't like it it's just like one of those iconic ones It's, it's like I think visually, like I said, obviously somebody went to look at them and goes, "The music's great, but this is this is going to be the representation of the of what master you're of puppets." Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Any of those, any of the first four, really the the second, third, and fourth Metallica albums, they all had a visual style, and 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 actually the music went along the same format too. The songs follow a similar yeah. formula, I guess you could say, from song to song. And and yeah, at the end of the day, it's not just about a great cover. It's about how it matches and complements the music. Do you, do, so from a graphic standpoint, do you think the music comes first, then the cover? Or are or, or, or artists out there look at a cover and then create the music from that? This is, this is an ongoing conversation in my band. Okay. Because for a long time, we would come up with a theme. We would figure out what we want to write a song about. And sometimes there was a movie. Sometimes there was a piece of art. Yeah. And... Something and then the music you. came after that, yeah. And then and now we've tried to do it music first and 
come up with the thematics later and I don't know. Uh, do, okay. Uh, All right. so a whole, I was going to say, I think yeah. it depends on the type of music. There's a whole genre of that now. Retro wave, which is kind of making us weird comeback now is all based off of 80s inspiration for movies and music. But it's like everything, every song out there is a tribute to a time or a movie they saw or a scene or a look. It, it all comes from the, all that, all that comes from that inspiration. Yeah, it's always a chicken or egg sort of thing. Yeah. And it's the same it's the same thing with logo design. It's the same thing with branding. Sometimes the story comes first and then from that you create a look that becomes iconic. And then sometimes the logo or the visual identity comes first and from that you build a story around it. Like mm-hmm. Nike is the most obvious example of yeah. that. The swoosh didn't mean anything. They create just do it and like the most successful marketing campaign ever over decades. And wow, now that really takes on some meaning and the Nike name takes on a new meaning. And and with music, I can see it going the same way. At the end of the day, they just have to work off of each other and tell a story that is congruent and compelling and works together. I was thinking as I'm looking out at Drivers Club here, uh, it's it's not as apparent with brands like Porsche because the logo fits just as well as on an SUV as it does on a, on a sports car. And it's they've been around so long and it's sort of iconic it works. But if you look at Lamborghini, for example, the the charging bull blowing smoke, if you look at the old logo, like that fits every Lamborghini out there. Like everything they have is aggressive and edgy and fast. And it's just like even their SUV is just over the top for an SUV. Ferrari's the same way. And I, and I say that because they have the stylistic, uh, it's the, you know, the stallion. And if you look at their cars, they're much more flowy and elegant, and it kind of fits the style of the logo in a strange way. I don't look at a Ferrari and think of a, a horse, but it, you put that, that logo works with every car they have, and their styling is, really goes with it. He ruined the Mira logo for me. I was a big fan of it, and then I showed it to him, and he pointed out everything wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> car's still pretty. <laughs> but, yeah. It was a different time. Yeah. Yeah, all the three companies that you mentioned, Dan, they all kind of do their own thing. Yeah, there are trends and there are periods of time where a, a lot of car companies will kind of do the same thing and they'll rebrand in the same vein. Um, yeah, every sedan now is like, what's the most generic looking thing we can make that looks like everything else? But like Porsche and Ferrari and Lamborghini all have evolved their logo. You look at like the original oh, yeah. Lamborghini logo on a Mira and it's it, the bull is drastically different. Mm-hmm. And the stallions on, on classic Ferraris are is drastically, drastically different than the new shields and things of that nature. Yeah. So they pop more. I think the new Ferrari logos pop. There's a yellow or something in there that, that makes it feel like it pops. Yeah, more. if you look at the yellow badges on all of them down here, yeah. they really pop on the dark colors. Yeah. So Yeah, but they all do their own thing. You know, yeah. they don't they don't follow the trends. They just kinda Alfa Romeo is another one. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved Alpha. I mean, from a design standpoint, I think they've always done something. Obviously, and they're linked to Ferrari, too, but um, it, there's always something about them. When you were looking cool. around in Exotics and down here in the Drivers Club, was there a logo that popped out at you that you really liked or a few that really just jumped from a design perspective? You had that one that was a pen and farina. It was an old school one. It came from Exotics that you liked yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, there was that one. There's the Inizioni logo. Which I really like. That's an obscure and, one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, and the, the interconnected letters. Um, it's not from a design standpoint. It's it's much more abstract. It's the Alfa Romeo logo. Yeah. Okay. It's it's such an unconventional logo. The left half is the flag of Milan, and then the right half is a man-eating snake, and the snake is wearing a crown. 
<laughs> and that logo has been around for almost a hundred years, right? Yeah. So, and that's what happens when you two people can't agree on a logo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want the flag. I want a man-eating stink. Point yeah. is, yeah. point <laughs> is, I think there's something to be said for a logo that is that unconventional and has endured. Yeah. And still stands. Yeah. That's that is unique. That to bring it back to branding, that is distinct. That's yeah. differentiated from anything else out there. I don't even know the story behind that logo. That's interesting. Do right. you? Like, I've read a few different stories about it, uh, references to the Crusades and okay. a few different things there. And that's the right side of the logo because, again, the left side of that logo is based on the flag of Milan, Italy. A little calmer. Yeah. <laughs> a little, yeah. Less, little yeah. less violent on that side of the logo. Yeah. 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 I forget why the snake is wearing a crown. There's a reason for it. There's a, re- there's a reason for yeah. everything in that logo. Yeah. Well, and it's just like that secondary Alfa Romeo logo, Dan, that is the, the four clover that, it, that, that designates their higher performance. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a name for that logo. I forget what it's called. Uh, the snake's called the Bis- Biscion. I can't remember. Somebody's going to tell me I'm saying that obviously wrong. Well, we've never said anything wrong on here. So <laughs> yeah. But, it, yeah, it's uh, really interesting. The Vipera is heraldic charge showing an argent and azure serpent in the act of consuming a human, usually a child, <laughs> and sometimes described as a Moor or an Ottoman Turk. Historic symbol of the city of Milan. It doesn't get much more metal than that. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a snake eating a child. Put it on a car. <laughs> it was uh, 1910 was when that the logo was designed, though. It's that logo. I mean, it's slightly changed, but it is the, the basic foundation of that is from Milan and from 1910, according to that. So I had no idea. That was from Alfa Romeo, so that's... Yeah, snake Quad- eating children. Quadrifolio. Quadrifolio. Is Thank the, you. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I know this, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, we can go on for that forever. It's time for our next break. We come back. I want to talk to you about one of your other uh, passions, hobbies, obsessions is probably the better uh, word. Does he collect good... Russian nesting dolls like you? He does. Oh, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll right, right back to that. Yeah. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back, and uh, we're going to go... We're gonna go, yeah. We're gonna go deep. We're gonna go talk to our uh, that's, into our childhood. I was trying we're not gonna to go say deep that. into our childhoods. <laughs> I was trying not to say that because worried how Nick would react. Oh, um, God. Yeah. No. There's a there's one of your obsessive hobbies that I actually just find interesting to listen about, listen to you talk about. I should say, and that is your baseball card collection. Like, and not just he collects baseball cards, but the intricate knowledge of how baseball cards work how to collect them, what makes them valuable was mind blowing to me. And I don't collect anything really. So That's this right. Was, that was another conversation on Wyoming. Yeah. I remember. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into, I mean, I guess being the East coast, that was much more of a thing over there than it is in the West coast still, it still is, but it's, uh, how did you get into that? And how did you go down the rabbit hole of knowledge that you have? It started with the 1986 Mets. There you go. All I'm right. Mets fan, and that's where my fandom started, and they have not won a World Series since then. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is your collecting has caused them the World oh, Series? Oh, man. Yeah. I wish you hadn't said that. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's he, where mean, it, he means that, too. That's yeah. where it started. My dad was collecting cards in 86, and 1986 Tops in particular is still my favorite baseball card design of all time. And... 
if you were a child of the 50s or 60s, your, your story is that your mother threw away your baseball cards. Right. Or that you didn't take care of them. Rubber band center. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And there weren't what we call penny sleeves, the mm-hmm. flimsy sleeves or the top loaders, the, the harder plastic sleeves to protect them. And so that's the story for a lot of children of the 50s and the 60s and to the 70s, 70s at some point. In the 80s and 90s, it shifted because cards became really overproduced. And so everybody was like, save your baseball cards, save your baseball cards. They'll be worth something someday. And um, that didn't happen because they quite literally became a dime a dozen. Anyway. Um, Zimbabwe money. Yeah, fast forward. <laughs> hey, I've got t- some of that. Um, <laughs> let's not go down that route. I'm not hole. going down there, but I have some of that. <laughs> you fast forward another 10, yeah. 15 years or so, and much like coins, comic books, and other collectibles, it becomes all about condition, and you have third grade, third-party grading companies that grade the condition of your cards, which creates a new scarcity. Mm-hmm. And so, in a nutshell, those are the three eras post-World War II of baseball cards. I remember top upper deck cards, and my and the, I strived to get the whole Oakland Athletics. I think it was in like the early 91. 90, it, was, it was with Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and Ricky Hend- Hendrickson? Hendrickson? I don't know. Henderson so, got Henderson. traded a few times. He yeah. had a few different stints. So there's tops, yeah. which is like the granddaddy of them all. And then there's upper deck, which came around in 1989, which... Their first card ever was the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, card right. number one in the first edition. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I always, I mean, I, I remember everybody was talking, like they always thought that Upper Deck was like better. Like it was like the Lexus of, 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 of collecting <laughs> cards. Like, I mean, and you're also talking to a guy who, I mean, I have every single, I don't know who made it was Tops or whatever, but uh, they made uh, action cards from uh, Desert, Desert Storm. Storm. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got a couple of Schwarzkopf. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and a couple of the ones were the missiles entering the building. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, those are the important ones. Yeah. Yeah, when Upper Deck, when Upper Deck came around, people had figured out that you could open up packs, wax packs of baseball cards, take out the good cards and reseal them. And most people wouldn't know the difference. My brain just doesn't work that way. There's a lot of chicanery going on. Yeah, so when Upper Deck came around, they came out with tamper-proof packaging along with small holograms and had a really clean design aesthetic that drew people to them, whereas tops varied wildly all over the place. Upper Deck was fairly consistent in their design that differentiated them from everybody else at the time. I thought it was the high-end bubble gum you got. That was what, that's what I collected. No, no, just scented, scented gum cards. Yeah. yeah the scented gum that. cards. Yeah. Yeah. The bazooka Joe kind of thing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You're sort of a historian on it, which I, is what I enjoy about. I mean, I listen to podcasts on everything stuff. I don't even care about. I was still listen to a podcast on it because I like knowing the history of things. And that's what I, I love talking to you about this stuff. Cause it's like, yeah, this is when they made these. This is the first card. This is why these are better yeah. than these. I like, I don't know any of that stuff. So it's fascinating to me. Yeah. I'm a hobby guy and I don't dabble. Yeah, I can't just like stick my toe in the water on something. I have to do it all the way. And then you have clients like us that are just like, <laughs> "Here's our third <laughs> job, which is redesigning the website that I should have done three months ago." Probably don't take four. too much of my time because I got to get back to my Legos. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but it's wake surfing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was me today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep bringing that up. You're not digging yourself a hole here at all. Like, I can feel her staring through me. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, so I mean, we, we've got uh, we got drums, we got uh, t- 
tape collecting. We got baseball cards. Anything else you've dived into the deep end? Oh, there's more stuff. There's <laughs> bowling. There's oh, that's right. Yeah. Bowling. Weightlifting. And, and wiffle ball. There's yeah, yeah. Wiffle oh, wiffle ball. ball. That's, oh. I mean. <laughs> I did not even know that there, there's a wiffle ball league here. Yeah, so I, so I, I found no out. Idea. That's like why, that's, that's why you couldn't join us yesterday. You were doing wiffle ball. SeattleWiffleBall.com. Check it out. <laughs> Full stat tracking. We have the fence. We have the radar gun. We have... Do you have your own baseball card? <sighs> Coming soon. <laughs> you need yeah. to design your own. The wheels are turning. Yeah. yeah. Salvo design baseball cards. I want my own wiffle ball video game. I'm going to take it like 10 steps further. Than All right. Nice. Yeah. As long as it's a stand-up video game. Hey, it worked for Tony sure, Hawk. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> right? What did it work for? Tony Hawk. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He was making a little that bit of money, then, he got his, then his video game came out, and he got a, his first check for his video game was $1 million. That was his first check, and he had no idea. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess yep. if you have to accidentally make money, that's the way to do it. Yep. Wiffle so. ball, next. million dollars. <laughs> it's coming. There's yeah. got to be. I mean, when you think about the amount of those Stupid plastic red bats we bought as kids, and, and it came with a wiffle ball. Like, there, there's a lot of those out there, and there's a lot of kids that played that game in their backyard. And people, your parents gave them those 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 wiffle balls so that they couldn't break windows. Uh, <laughs> and we proved them wrong. And we proved them wrong. <laughs> yeah, you put them in water and freeze them in ice. They're really easy. To <laughs> The high class, the high, uh, the high class plastic that was made out. Of, you remember those? Oh yeah. You take the red bat and you'd fill it with rocks. Not that I'd ever <laughs> do that, but uh, <laughs> this is new to me. No, it was, yeah, okay. So you, it was like so cor- you assaulted like, somebody with a wiffle ball bat. No, 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 no. It's like corking a bat, like you know, a little yeah, bit, of, know, little bit extra swing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've done that, but to me, <laughs> talking about guys from things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so many weird things, things happen in the South Hill. Yeah. Oh, we should talk about our Avance stuff coming up, or if that's oh. a part of the show. That is a part of the. <laughs> I'm just going to cut this out. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> so our Avant stuff coming up. We've got. Uh, let's see. The the we have a postponed event. This the driving experience is postponed. That's Emerald Downs this weekend would normally be. Um, can't wait for that to come back because that was one of the most fun things out there. You just met all the other Avant's members. You got to drive other people's cars or just go for ride-alongs. It was just fun to experience different cars, and Avant's was great for that. Um, their original logo was "Drive Everything." So, uh, or brand, their motto. Slogan? I believe Slogan. So. Yeah, Thank you. There we go. Thank God I have a guy here for that. We got a guy. We got a guy. <laughs> we got a guy. <laughs> but the next thing you can actually go to is the Taste of Motorsports. Uh, that'll be for our friends in Portland. Uh, Taste of Motorsports, um, Sunday, August 30th at Portland International Raceway. So that's more of a, a drive cool cars kind of thing. So yeah. hopefully that keeps going on. But uh, we are seeing a lot of Adam. He's got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, we were involved in a little uh, photo shoot which you guys will see coming up. That's all I'm going to say that about that because that's all I can say about that. But. It's very candid. Lots of skin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the Avance photo shoot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that too. Yeah. Different the, division of the program. Oh, that, okay. That, I'm that sorry. One. Yeah, there, there are cars in that. <laughs> so. you know, you yeah, know, I'm not going to launch that side uh, of this. <laughs> <laughs> Rain City Rides. <laughs> so. Maybe that's what we should have called this, Rain City Rides. I don't know. Never mind. Okay. We do need a boating division now. Just Ooh. saying. Just for riding No, on that's Rain City Rafts. We, we already <laughs> figured City, that one Yes, out, we so. did. Rain City Rafts. <laughs> <laughs> I can turn this into anything we want. <laughs> Rain City Aircrafts. What do you want? You want a plane? I do want a plane. I do. We all do. Yeah. I'm getting I can a fly no a plane. Look. I'm not real good at landing. <laughs> it's been a while, but I can fly one. So, yeah. Jeremy, what's next for you with Salvo Design? Or Salvo, as, as we're calling it. Keeping on, keeping on. Yeah? It's just... Client work yeah. all day, every day. What's your favorite? 
Besides Rain City Supercars. No, I didn't mean like a client favorite. I mean, like, <laughs> wow. what's, what's, what part of the process is your favorite? What's the working with the client? I mean, it's going to be the most frustrating to you. <laughs> no, my favorite part of the process sometimes is afterwards. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Because you start out with somebody who doesn't have any of this figured out. And then you see what they yeah, we're raising our hands, hands. Yeah. Yeah. and then you see what they do with it afterwards, and yeah. it's like oh, you're crap, equipping them. Expect us to do something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, this yeah, is exactly. just the beginning, yeah, my friend. Okay, yeah, but you see what people do with it afterwards, and like, okay, if your website is bad, if your business card is bad, you're going to present it in a certain way. Yeah. Here's my business card. It's not very good, but here you go. But my number's on it, so take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you set somebody up with awesome visuals. So when somebody asks for their business card, they're like, Like, check this out. Yeah. Or people just present themselves in a very different way. And my favorite part is seeing how they present themselves and, and just the confidence that goes along with having all that stuff worked out. It's a refresh. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. the fact that you feel it's no different than going out and getting a new haircut and, and, and getting a new suit. You feel better about yourself. And I see what you're saying as far as the fact that being able to hand out a card that, that, that has something that represents you and has really, really represents you better than what you thought you had that represented you. So it's interesting. Huh. I need a new suit. Yeah. Me and too. a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to rebrand. No. All my good personal shoppers quit Nordstrom. I don't go back anymore. I know. I used to do that all the time. I know. Everybody, everybody thought I was a snob when I said that, but it's like it was free. Like, you yeah, no, it's Call great. up a people like, oh, sorry. Yeah. We got off on anyway, that. Anyway, sorry. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> um, if any of our listeners would like to have you obsess over their company or their business, how do we get a hold of you? www.salvo.design, and my email address is jeremy at salvo.design. Huh. A dot .design address. I like That's that. That's right, That's yeah. like drivers.club. Yes, Dan, it is. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like, you don't see that a lot. I like that. I know. It's almost like, you know, something.edu, too. (laughs) No, it's not. It is. It's different than .com. Therefore, no. Well, fair enough. On our next Carter Distributor Tip of the Week, we'll talk about how web design or or domain naming works. No, we won't. (laughs) Because please, we don't know anything. Yeah, I would not do that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, everything we know, we learn from him. It's true. So... Jeremy, thanks for coming to the show. That was fun to get to know you better. I hope our listeners enjoyed uh, something different, and I, I know they will because uh, I love those real human stories. Those are the best part of the best episodes in my mind. And you are definitely a real human. We've checked it's that true. out now, so yeah, I've been vetted. You've been yeah. vetted. In Lots Wyoming, of cutting was so. involved. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Stun <on>. guns. <laughs> this episode of Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. <laughs>